Welcome to the AV Forums podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury. Welcome to the 8th AV Forums podcast. Coming up, we've got the usual software news. We review 16 blocks on DVD, plus we compare plasma and LCD. Which is best? Our buying guide gives the definitive answer. But first... This week's... This week's... Audio-Visual News. In this episode, more Sky HD problems hi-fi from your main socket and a very horny subwoofer. We opened our last podcast news with tales of installation problems for Sky's new HD service. And unfortunately we've got more bad Sky HD news, as it appears Sky's HD receiver is causing some fairly serious problems with certain TVs. There seem to be three main issues. First, apparently changing from a standard depth channel to a high definition one can cause some screens to keep locking up. Apparently you can get round this by manually setting the Sky's HD receiver's HD output to 720p or 1080i rather than leaving it in its automatic mode. But since the resulting upscaled standard definition pictures look worse than they did in their native PAL output, this is hardly an ideal solution. The second problem relates to the HDCP anti-piracy system carried by the Sky receiver's HDMI connection. Apparently, after a period of time, your Skybox can generate an error message suggesting that your display device is not HDCP compliant. This is irritating, but can apparently be fixed by just unplugging everything and then firing it all up again. The third reported problem is much more disturbing, as it seems the Sky HD receiver is capable of blowing an ICU inside the media receiver boxes of Pioneer's 435XDE and 505XDE screens, a problem that a Sky technical assistant has allegedly said was caused by a firmware problem on Sky's side. Although we've repeatedly asked Sky to respond officially to these issues, we're still waiting for them to formulate an answer. Needless to say, as soon as we hear anything, you will too. To date, we've only heard of the problems we've described occurring with Pioneer plasmas. And indeed, Pioneer has confirmed to us that at least the first two of our three reported problems are definitely true with some of its TVs. But it adds that it believes many other manufacturers' TVs are also having trouble with the Sky HD box. At the moment, neither Sky nor Thompson, who make the Sky HD receivers, nor Pioneer, are formally accepting responsibility for the reported problems. So to help us develop this story more fully, feel free to email avdoctor at avforums.com if you've had any major problems with your own Sky HD box and your TV, especially if your TV is not a Pioneer. Now, when we first heard about our next news item, we frankly thought it was a very late April Fool's joke. But no, Marantz assures us that it really is about to launch a multi-room hi-fi system able to distribute sound around your home via your mains electricity. The new system is dubbed Weave, short for Wired Entertainment Accessible Via Electricity. And apparently there will initially be two elements to the Weave system, a ZR6001 main AV system and separate ZC4001 receivers for use in second rooms. 
these receiver units will access the main units as soon as they're plugged in, allowing you to listen to radio stations, CDs and other components you've got built into the main system. Apparently the Weave system will handle as many as six ZC4001 receivers in any one home and supports bi-directional signal communication so you can operate the main unit via one of the secondary receivers. As for sound quality, it's claimed Weave supports real-time streaming of full CD quality audio. And because the system works via existing AC power lines, there's no chance of interference from other wireless systems like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. A Weave system comprising the ZC6001 main unit and one ZC4001 receiver will cost around £700 when it launches towards the end of June, with further ZC4001s costing about £200 apiece. Though Marantz is keen to stress that the Weave technology can in theory be built into almost any bit of AV kit, including, say, Marantz's £180 entry-level receiver. Finally, this time, Watt's 8-foot high, handcrafted from solid wood and looks like the business end of a giant-sized trombone. Crystal Audio's new Ballad Subwoofer. That's what. This loony-looking sub has been designed by Greek sculptor Illyrian Shima to partner the other equally nutty Melody speakers from Crystal Audio's Sound of Art range. And also like those speakers, it's intended to express what Crystal Audio calls a show-stopping combination of form and function. Clearly there's no arguing with the form part of that statement, but what about the function bit? Well, we've not heard the ballad in action, but we do know that it's powered by a 200 watt amp and features a two-part solid wood construction to produce a final enclosure that's totally inert and free of residence and standing waves. Ideal conditions, in other words, for a near-perfect bass performance. You might not be surprised to hear that getting your hands on a ballad will cost you around £4,000 in actual fact. But hey, at least that comes with a five-year warranty. Get the latest AV hardware reviews and price comparison information. Visit avreviews.com. The AV Forum. DVD News. And Review Roundup with Phil Hinton. DVD News. In this week's Region 1 DVD News is yet another release of Dances with Wolves Extended Edition, which will be available from the 22nd of August. It looks like the set will include an anamorphic transfer and Dolby 5.1 sound, with the only extra announced as yet being an audio commentary. Universal has announced the release of Backdraft, the Anniversary Edition, which is due on the 12th of September in both DVD and HD DVD formats. The two-disc set looks like it will feature some exciting, but yet to be confirmed, extra features. And Universal has also announced an August 22nd release for House MD Season 2. The six-disc set will include all the episodes from the third series in anamorphic video and Dolby 5.1 sound, and this will no doubt please fans after Season 1 was released in stereo and also had a non-anamorphic transfer. Although there will be no Glastonbury Festival this year, you can relive the best of the previous events along with exclusive fan footage and a new documentary landing on Region 2 DVD on the 17th of July, aptly named Glastonbury. The DVD charts the beginnings of the Humble Festival which has grown into the world-famous event featuring some of the biggest stars in rock and pop over the last three decades. Harrison Ford thriller Firewall will receive its UK DVD release on the 24th of July. 
reviewed in Podcast Extra 3, the disco feature, the trailer, a conversation with the director and Harrison Ford, as well as a featurette. And finally, Universal Playback gets super cool 80s style, with Season 2 of Miami Vice landing on the 24th of July. The six-disc set includes all 22 episodes in 4x3 video and is remixed in Dolby 5.1 surround sound. This week's DVD Reviews. They're going to come and talk to you about this and they're going to they're going to tell you what happened. But what they tell you is not really what happened here. I was trying to do a good thing. I was trying to do a good thing. Hey, get this guy from lockup and run him over to Center Street. She got some regular mutt that takes care of this? It's a nothing thing. 118 minutes to get a witness, 16 blocks. Why are we rushing like this? This is not a good sign. You put the Hawaii 5 light on and use your police power. Make a hole, make a hole. <laughs> Jack Mosley, played by Bruce Willis, is an old, balding, depressed and alcoholic New York detective who has given up on life. That is until today, when he's given the chance to do the right thing. He's assigned a routine task of picking up a petty crook and taking him the 16 blocks to give evidence before a grand jury. However, unknown to Jack is the fact that this crook, Eddie Bunker, played by Moss Def, is about to give evidence against a bunch of bad apple detectives in his own department. Those very cops, led by Jack's ex-partner, are intent on making sure the evidence is never heard by killing the witness. The image, presented in anamorphic widescreen, is almost too good to be true. It looks absolutely pristine, with no signs of compression issues or edge enhancement. Colours are rich and natural with a good deal of sharpness and contrast on show. The Dolby Digital 5.1 sound mix is lively and energetic with a great accompanying soundtrack. Effects are handled well with a sense of an enveloping sound field which is convincingly realistic. Extras include an alternate ending, deleted scenes, commentaries and trailers and for the most part are fairly entertaining in a watch once and forget kind of way. So overall, 16 Blocks looks brilliant, sounds sharp, and the film's an enjoyable romp. If you pay too much attention, things will start to fall apart, such as why Jack just doesn't call somebody to sort out the whole mess. But suspend your disbelief far enough, and it becomes an enjoyable Saturday night thriller. The movie scores 6 out of 10. This changes everything, Jack. There's about a ton of cops between me and you, and they all want this kid dead. Hey! I issued that cop. Cops, they don't shoot up a cop, especially over nobody like me. Lines were crossed. Get away! That kid is gonna get you killed. Where did you not be with you? People been trying to shoot me. People you know! I am your only friend out here. You don't even know me! Well, I got all day. What about you? You got all day? The AV Forums Podcast Gaming News. Nintendo have announced that the Wii will be getting a Pokemon game this year in Japan. Pokemon Battle Revolution will allow players of the DS games Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl to battle in 3D. Little more is known about this title other than that, but it seems there's a lot more effort going into the Wii than the GameCube. Nintendo have also mentioned they will be announcing the release date for the Wii this September. 
Midway have announced the release of Myst for Believe It or Not the PSP. No release date has been announced, but this classic PC game from 1993 will have portable gamers puzzling for ages. Although the only letdown is that no improvements or changes have been announced as yet. Now, did you know it's been 10 years since the Settlers 2 settled down onto PC hard disks all the world over? Well, Ubisoft clearly do, as it announced the launch of the Settlers 2 10th anniversary. Featuring effectively the same game as the one 10 years ago, it's going to have a fresh lick of pain with a new 3D look as well as several gameplay additions. If you're a fan of the original or just want to reminisce, then look out for this title in the autumn. And finally, this week sees the opening of Europe's first inpatient games addiction clinic. Situated in the Smith & Jones Wild Horses Centre in the heart of Amsterdam, this 8-bed facility has been set up to assist those gamers who are far too addicted to Sonic the Hedgehog and others. To quote course director Keith Backer, there were 15-year-olds being brought to us who were showing the same behaviour as 50-year-old gambling addicts, except the compulsion of these youths, almost always boys, was playing computer games. We knew about drugs like crack, but we couldn't find a program anywhere for kids like this and we saw enormous parallels between problems with gaming and alcohol and gambling. Of course, situated in Amsterdam, you think there'll be plenty of things to distract addicted gamers. Or maybe that's just me. The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums Podcast. The AV Forums Podcast, Buyer's Guide. The one question we at AV Forums get asked more than any other is whether it's better to buy an LCD or a plasma TV. As little as a year ago, we could have answered that question in one word, plasma. But over recent months, things have become a whole lot more complicated for one simple reason. LCDs are getting better. A lot better. So now, deciding between LCD and plasma is a much tougher proposition. In fact, it depends to some extent on making some fairly personal choices. So to help you make these choices in the most informed way possible, here's a potted guide to the relative pros for each technology, starting with LCD. LCD's most important strength in these definition-obsessed times is its sharpness. Time and again we see LCD TVs really ramming home the extra definition of HD pictures in a way precious few plasma TVs can match. The same strength arguably makes LCD TVs the better bet for people wanting to double up their new TV as a PC monitor. Another ace of LCD's sleeve is its brightness. The LCD backlight system just seems able to drive the image off the screen with more vibrancy and dynamism than most plasma offerings. Anyone who suffered the horror of having a channel logo burn a permanent shadow on their CRT or plasma TV will love the fact that LCD is practically immune to this so-called screen burn problem. So with an LCD TV you can watch logo heavy channels like Sky News without risk of permanent damage to your set. If you're thinking of wall hanging your TV meanwhile, it's worth bearing in mind that LCD TVs tend to be lighter and thinner than plasmas. LCD's final big advantage is financial. For even though 37 and 42 inch LCDs are in their relative infancy compared to similar sized plasmas, some are already starting to substantially undercut plasma rivals on price. And this price gap is only likely to widen over the coming months. People wanting to tame their electricity bills and feel green in the process might also appreciate the fact that LCD TVs tend to use slightly less power than plasma sets, though the difference isn't always as great as you might imagine. 
So now we come to the plasma, the most important benefits of which are undoubtedly black level response and contrast. For movie fans, the depth of black a screen can offer, together with how much subtle detail dark picture areas contain, is perhaps the single most important thing about a TV's picture. And since plasma TVs don't need a permanently running backlight like LCDs, they generally do better in these key areas than LCD. Plasma tends to better LCD with colour tones too. For while LCD colours often look brighter, plasma colours, especially where skin tones are concerned, tend to look more natural, more like you'd expect them to look in the real world. We can even put some numbers on this, with recent figures suggesting that plasma can deliver around 86% of the visual colour spectrum, while LCD peters out at around 75%. Plasma also scores over LCD when it comes to moving objects since whereas most LCD TVs struggle to show motion without making it look smeary, plasma TVs are capable of refreshing their pictures fast enough to make motion look more or less crystal clear. Plasma TVs penultimate strength is that they usually are better at supporting wide viewing angles than LCDs. A potentially important consideration if your living room arrangement or size of family means people will regularly have to watch your TV from the side. Finally, and perhaps most obviously, plasmas still have a size advantage over LCD. Essentially, if you want a screen of 50 inches or more, a plasma won't cost you a small fortune. Plasma is, for now at least, the only flat panel technology that can do the job. So there you have it, LCD versus plasma made easy. Hopefully you can now figure out exactly which technology is most likely to make your high definition dreams come true. If you really pushed us, we'd probably say our obsession with home cinema would currently propel us towards the size, contrast and colour benefits of plasma. But with LCDs getting bigger, improving all the time and doing such a cracking job with high def, we can't promise we'd give the same answer if you asked us the same question again next year. The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums Podcast. Contact the AV Forums Podcast. Email podcast at avforums.com. If you'd like to leave us feedback on any item within this podcast or just add your comments, then please visit our feedback forum at www.avforums.com or take advantage of our new interactive feedback feature. Just call 0208 123 9587 and leave your comments on the answer machine. Who knows, we may even use them in our next podcast. We're currently running a debate on the HD DVD versus Blu-ray format war. And if you have any comments you'd like to raise on this subject, then just call the same number, that's 0208 123 9587 to leave your message. If you use Skype, you can also voice message by calling AV Forums Podcast. That's all one word. And that just about wraps up the 8th AV Forums podcast. If you've got any comments, feature suggestions or news for our next podcast, please let us know in our feedback forum. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening, stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Forums podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and written by John Archer. The DVD News and Reviews Roundup was written and presented by Phil Hinton with gaming news written by Damon Dove. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The podcast was produced and mixed by Phil Hinton, and the executive producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited. <laughs> <laughs>